what's up everybody it's me robin this is me reading stuff we're coming at you on a thursday what's the date let's look over here march 18th i missed um not that i give a shit but i missed saint patrick's day yesterday totally didn't think about it um, my parents mentioned it in a text message and I thought they were talking about something coming up in like a month. <laughs> Just nothing makes sense anymore, especially calendar-driven things. Anyway, how's everybody doing? Good to hear your voice. Good to be seen. Good to see you. Good to think about you. Uh, good to check in. Let's start in with things I don't understand because I was just thinking about one of those things which are, for the most part, selfies. I don't understand. Um, yeah, I sometimes, I just want to send every selfie loving person, like the over, over selfie people, you know, when they over selfie, I want to send them something like a post-it note or a sticker to put on their phones or their, where, whatever, their mirrors or wherever it is they most likely take selfies that might just stop them in their tracks a couple of times. It would say, so, I don't know, the sticker would say something like, we get it, you're hot, or we don't need to see your pursed lips today, or please do something, <laughs> please do something else with your time. <laughs> I know I sound like a jerk, uh, but that's okay because I have every right for my own opinion. I just, am, you know, there, I'm gonna talk about something in Recommendation Corner that I think got me thinking about this that has to do with I'm so unbelievably grateful that I grew up in the 90s um, pre, you know, social media and pre-selfie culture and you know insane makeup culture that's that goes on today so anyway that's kind of where i'm coming from is i just it actually makes me really sad when i see over selfied people you know just just i mean of all the things we can do with our time i mean i'm sure people are wondering why the hell i do anything with my time like i do a lot of things that may seem pointless too so but they have every right to um you know start a podcast and talk shit about me too <laughs> So go right ahead. I still love people who post tons of selfies if, if I already love them. It's not like I want them to die or anything. I just, all I'm saying is I don't understand it. I don't understand it. And that's the beauty of human brains, you guys, is that we can have different opinions. I would love to have an actual conversation with someone about why they love selfies. Because I, I know for a fact a lot of people claim that they get a lot of confidence out of posting selfies. I've done a lot of reading on that, though, and I'm pretty sure that is not what ends up happening. But I want to hear, yeah, I don't, I actually don't want to hear too much about it. But if I were in the situation of talking to a, a dear friend and they wanted to tell me why they love taking selfies all the time, I would listen and I would really try to learn. Um, what else do I not understand? A love of being hot, like sweating or camping, for instance, don't understand that. I have been sweating a lot though because I've been trying to be good about my exercising and I've been great about it. I do a half hour of pretty high intensity aerobic, like jogging, walking, dancing, whatever it is, all of it. And man, I hate the sweating part. But I think I'm gonna have to learn to love it because it just goes with the territory, right? Um, camping, only did it once when I was a kid. It was one night and we stayed in a cabin. So it didn't really count as camping. I think we all intended on staying outdoors, but maybe we didn't even have a tent. I mean, we're just not campers, you know, people like me. I don't, you know, growing up, this is different for everybody, but in my 
home and family and family friends. Nobody camped in Nebraska. That's just not something we did. And in Texas, it's generally too hot. But no matter where I end up living, like now that I live in the Pacific Northwest, I'm clearly just an outsider. I don't know where I'm supposed to be from, like if maybe the lines got crossed when I got born or something. But, you know, just like living in L.A., I never wanted to go outside. Here, I never want to go camping. Those things, like, put you on the outside <laughs> in these places. I guess in Chicago, I was okay. I didn't know anybody who spent a lot of time outside in Chicago, whether it would be the summer or winter. You just stay inside and watch TV, and there you go. That's, that's, the, <laughs> that's all I want to do anyway. Uh, what else do I not understand? I don't know. I still, you know, after, you know how I'm not a social person and I love being alone and just doing my thing. I still, after a year of quarantine and missing so many people and so much about just like meeting someone for coffee, something that I used to dread, now I really crave it. But I still, I don't know, I still really love spending time with myself the most. And I don't even like myself all that much. It's not that I think I'm awesome. Um, but for some reason, even though I don't find myself all that awesome, I love the fuck out of my own company. <laughs> Does anybody else relate to that? I love spending time with me. I just love it. I like being quiet, staying in my head, reading, looking at magazines, drawing, watching movies, playing Animal Crossing. Now I love gardening. Um, speaking of, let's catch up. Do you want to hear my recommendation corner for today? Uh, let's do this. Let's start with the gardening part. So I, I know you guys knew last year I really got into gardening and it was so much fun. So I also recommend that because I noticed as I was gardening and even while I was weeding this week, I had to do a lot of weeding. It took two full days and it was physically really difficult, but kind of fun. I just would notice kind of as I'm doing it, I was smiling without meaning to. It just was making me smile, apparently. I would catch myself smiling. So that, how, can, how bad can that be? Not bad at all. And, oh God, these, there, there's this dog behind our house that is driving me insane. What do you do, you know? I, just, you, you, if, I don't know. Hello, everybody. If you have a big dog who makes a huge ruckus, uh, try to do something about it. Anyway, back to gardening and trying to be pleasant. Think about pleasant things like gardening. Um, so yeah, I highly recommend that. Even if you, all you do is you, do you remember last year when all I did was, oh, this was the beginning of it. Um, use the cuttings from scallions at the grocery store and grow my own scallions. That alone is so fun. And then this week I also bought, um, cilantro kind of didn't do so well in my outdoor garden last year. So I'm going to try an indoor method. And I bought at the grocery store, this little grow kit for indoor cilantro and just today I saw three little tiny little green sprouts coming up and it was so cute. And it just remind. and I've only been growing them for like four or five days. And it was just really cute to see that. And it reminded me of being a kid and learning how to grow things in school during science class and all of that. So I highly recommend it. And I want to give a shout out to my friend, James. James, I love you. And James recommended growing potatoes in grow bags, which I had never heard of. So I bought four grow bags. I started this yesterday um, and you get, I don't know what they call them, seed potatoes, or you can make your own. It just takes a long time, I think. But anyway, I bought seed potatoes at my nursery and you fill this grow bag, which can be any bag really, but I got an official gardening grow bag for really cheap online and um, 
fill it with a little soil, just dump the potatoes in there, cover them with three inches of soil, and then you just wait for them to start growing. And as they grow, James, you're going to have to get back to me about this. Is it like three or four inches? If you see the green coming up from the soil, that's when you cover more soil on it. And at the end of a few months, I guess you've got tons of potatoes in there. I'm also doing onions in a grow bag and I'm doing carrots. So I'm very excited about that. Anyway, I hope that's not too boring. Um, Second thing on Recommendation Corner this week would probably be the Hulu documentary Kid 90. Okay, I just had to close. Sorry, I'm dealing. I'm I'm just very bothered by this dog behind me. Okay, so um, Kid 90 on Hulu. It's the Soleil Moon Fry documentary. If you've heard of it, Soleil Moon Fry in the 80s was Punky Brewster, one of my all-time favorite kid shows. I was obsessed with Punky Brewster. Uh, For those of you that grew up, I was born in 77, so Punky was my age, basically. And the story of Punky Brewster, if you don't know it, is a fascinating one. So anyway, Soleil Moonfry is the actor who plays Punky, but um, the story of Punky Brewster is so devastating that I know it stopped a lot of kids I know from even watching the show. Basically, Punky Brewster is the cutest little kid, and she has a dog named Brandon, and her mom takes her to the grocery store and is like, hey, just stay outside for a minute or stay in the car. I'm coming right back. The mom never comes back. The mom leaves Punky, and she's a homeless child in, isn't it Chicago? All of a sudden, I don't remember where. And Punky's roaming around the city trying to figure out a home, and this nice man named Henry Warnemont takes her in. Well, he's actually like a grumpy guy, but he ends up loving Punky, and it's not weird. That was another thing. It's like seems weird that an old man takes in this young, cute girl, but there's nothing weird about it. He's the greatest guy. And she makes friends with the people in the building, Cherry and Cherry's mom. And anyway, I loved Punky Brewster. She was so awesome. And Brandon the dog was awesome, like this golden retriever type dog or a white, no, golden retriever, I think. So Soleil Moonfry, though, the actress, um, I remember this vaguely since I followed like Teen Beat Magazine and stuff. She developed really fast as a woman, like as a very young girl, got very large breasts. And um, it was something, yeah, anyway, and then she ended up publicly going through a breast reduction because they were so large. It was kind of crazy. So then you never really saw her again. She would kind of pop into certain shows occasionally, but the premise of Kid 90, the documentary, is that Soleil Moonfry grew up in L.A. amongst all the young actors of the time, including, I mean, Jonathan Brandis, Jenny Lewis, you name it, Leonardo DiCaprio, Seth Green, all of these people, all, they were like the main, David, I mean, David Silver, that's his name on 90210, but Brian Austin Green, they were all like the main kid actors at the time, so they all knew each other, and I was obsessed with all of the guys. Like every guy I just mentioned, I had a major crush on. Maybe not Seth Green, but anyway. um, Yeah, and so they would all hang out and she was always recording, like doing video recordings. Um, She had a camera and a video camera and was just constantly in a diary and was basically obsessively archiving her life. And their their lives, all of these young people's were so normal when you look at them. Anyway, Kid 90 is the, sorry, I'm going on and on, but 
she did all of this and then put them all away as she became a young adult and said, I'm not going to look at these for 20 years or something like that. And she then just recently documented her opening up this vault, basically. It's like a treasure trove of her past. And it's also an amazing time capsule of what it's like to be the exact age I was in the 90s. It's so weird to watch this because it's, even though she had a way cooler life than me and she was more into drinking and drugs, that I mean, I wasn't into it at all. So there was a, she was cooler and into shit like that, but it was still identical. And the thing I was bringing up earlier about selfies had to do with this too, because I'm looking, and these are like some of the more famous teenagers in the country at the time, and none of them were wearing makeup around each other. None of them were obsessed with their bodies. You could tell like they were normal looking girls, like who would just pose for the camera without even flexing their abs. You know what I mean? They're like, maybe even have a bigger stomach, no makeup. They didn't do anything to their hair. And it made me realize like how unbelievably lucky I was to grow up then when, I mean, it made me romantic about my own life and youth, which I'm normally not because I'm just not that way about my youth. I'm actually happy to be growing up and getting over all of that. But I mean, in my circles, you were uncool if you wore makeup in the 90s. I didn't know anybody who wore makeup. Just the very, very like preppy girls would wear a little bit of makeup. And now when I see what basically the Kardashians have done to make not only makeup, but like, you know, whatever that all is, where it's just so much makeup and sculpting with makeup and not to mention Botox and all of this stuff. It was just such a beautiful thing to see young people being young people. And also they weren't afraid of anything being on the internet. You know, they just were existing in front of Soleil Moonfry's camera, being themselves, talking about, you know, their contemplating suicide and talking about what drug they wanted to try and talking about what boy they liked. And they weren't afraid of it going online. So they were just so much more natural and able to just express without fear of who all is going to see this. So anyway, if if you're anywhere near my age, I think you might enjoy it. Maybe not. I mean, it's not a perfect documentary, but I really liked it. And it gave me so many feelings, obviously. Um, let's see. How about I read you guys something? That's kind of what I'm here to do. I don't even have my light on in here. What the hell? And it's really rainy and it's dark. And I just now realized I don't, I can't see a damn thing. I'm going to be reading again from the David Hinton book, Classical Chinese Poetry and Anthology. Um, David Hinton translated and edited all of it. And I read from it maybe a couple of months back. And it was a recommendation from one of our favorite people, D.W. Burnham. So I'm really into this and I'm going to be reading... Oh yeah, I want to read to you Li Ching Chow. She was uh, living 1084 to 1150. And a lot of people consider her to be one of the greatest Chinese poets of all time. I know I certainly enjoyed this section of the book like in a huge way. I loved her. I love her poems. She's become a new fast favorite of mine. And I'm going to be reading a short little one called Untitled. Did you guys hear the rain? the rain on my roof again. I love my rain on my roof sound. Okay, sorry. Sorry, everybody. Back to Li Ching Chow's Untitled. Who's with me sitting alone at a moonlit window? There's just the two of us, my shadow and I. And when the bedside lamp goes out, shadow's gone, 
leaving me abandoned here. Nothing more? Nothing more? Just this amazing thing. All grief and worry that I am. My very own grief and worry. Amazing. How fucking good is that? Just this amazing thing, all grief and worry that I am. My very own grief and worry. I mean, that is a, wow, that's a punch in the gut, isn't it? What a great way to think about it, though. It kind of goes back to some of that. Um, what's, the, what's the book I always love to read from about, all of a sudden I don't know, the um, School of Life Dictionary. There was something in there that was saying the same thing, like that it's okay to be anxious, that it's okay that we worry. Like that is who we are as human beings. Um, it's a, actually a very sweet part of life. It tells you what you're concerned with a lot of times, as long as you don't let it eat you alive, which I've definitely, I mean, and this is coming from somebody who has to be on anti-anxiety med meds. So, but still, it's not like that stops it. This is, I'm very human <laughs> in that way. Uh, anyway, what a beautiful, beautiful poem. What else? Um, I'm finishing up my LA show that's going to open on May. I don't know. May, hold on a second. April, May, hold on. May 8th, Saturday, May 8th, Moskowitz Base Gallery in Los Angeles. Very excited to share that show with you all. I'm pretty much done. I'm just packing things up now. Um, I got another bad report from my cardiologist this week. I don't remember if I've been talking to you guys about all of this. I was kind of part of the reason I wasn't around last week. So bear with me if I'm a little less awesome than normal, <laughs> less pleasant too. I'm also wearing, now I have to wear this aggravating, incredibly itchy, cumbersome heart monitor on my chest. And I have to wear it for 14 days. And I'm only on day two or something. So I'm not having a good time with that at all. But, you know, I do what I got to do. It's better than dying, I guess. So just trying to carry on. Um, my heart is very full seeing a lot of you guys get your vaccines throughout the country, especially you Texans. I'm happy to see these things are rolling out so well in many states. We still have nothing for my tier group up here in Washington, but I'm staying patient. I'm also so ready to get stuck, though. Uh, I'm patient, yet I'm really ready. I even hope it gives me a bruise once it gets in me so I can enjoy the uh, constant reminder <laughs> once it finally happens. Um, oh yeah, I wanna tell you guys, I'm gonna open up a coupon code to you all. One that I offered to my subscribers. Get on my website if you want, uh, www.robinoneal.com forward slash shop for the shop. Um, go ahead and subscribe at the bottom of the page if you want to, but Regardless, I'm going to give you guys, uh, me reading stuff listeners, a coupon code for you'll get 25% off any of the books in my shop. So uh, coupon code SPRING, capital S, or cap all caps, SPRING is what I, let me make sure that's what I did. Yeah, all caps, SPRING. Um, yeah, I think you can pick one of these books. I don't know how this coupon code works exactly, but you'll definitely get at least... 25% off one or all of the books. So, um, and just a reminder, so I have my book, Robin O'Neill, 20 Years of Drawing, my big monograph coffee table type book uh, of almost every drawing I had made up until that point when it was published. I also have, and that's $50 normally. And then I also have a slightly damaged copy available for anyone who can't afford that price tag. So it's $35. Uh, 
and then you'll take 25% off of that if you pick that one. All it is is the cover is just slightly bent. Some of them have little corners that are kind of pushed in a bit, but they're nothing bad. It's mainly the covers that are kind of damaged a bit. And then I also have my Men in Their Heads book, which is my book of collages that I've been making since I was really young, basically a kid. And you can always follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Robin underscore O'Neill, R-O-B-Y-N underscore O'Neill, O-N-E-I-L. I'm also going to have three new weavings uh, that I'm going to put on the website, probably tomorrow, if not later today. This episode is dedicated to my old friend, Nick Axford. I'm with you on that train as we speak, Nick. Seriously, look behind you. I'm right there. I'm going to be right there behind you until the end of time. All right. I love you guys. Have a great rest of your evening. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye.